0: Hello, and welcome to the Fleet Meet video series that compares and contrasts fleet trends in the European and North American fleet markets. Co hosting the Fleet Meet video series is Hans Damon, principal of Fleet 360. Today, Hans and I will discuss the rethinking of mobility solutions and sourcing strategies in the European and North American fleet markets, in particular, the pros and cons of single sourcing versus multi sourcing product from OEM suppliers, especially from new suppliers who are entering both markets with new EV models. So let's start with the European perspective. Hans, how are these developments playing out in Europe?
1: Well, you know, there's, there's quite a few elements that play a role in that consideration and where in the past people took the decision to either multi-vendor or they go for a, um, a single supply ship. Um, a lot of the landscape in which they took that decision uh, has changed. Uh, to give you a few examples, the overall supply shortage that steel companies are, are dealing will, with uh, is affecting the pros and cons of a multi or single supplier. When you have a single supplier ship, when you have a dedicated partner, typically you know you also can expect the higher level of efforts to fulfill your needs as far as product is concerned. Uh, secondly, um, you know when you look at alternative products, uh, talking uh, entering into the market, um, so a new technology, and even new brands, complete new manufacturers that we have not seen in Europe before, uh, will affect you know the challenges that leasing companies have, and perhaps we can expand on that later on in this conversation, uh, or you know what resilient values to give them and, and so on. But thirdly, and not less important, is the whole thinking, indeed, as you indicated, the mobility strategy, you know, after the pandemic and, you know, the dust is settling down a little bit, you know, who still needs a car, especially when you have a, let's say, compensation and benefit uh, kind of vehicle uh, based on the status of your salary level, uh, but you don't commute as much anymore and you're working far more from home, is a company car still needed? And therefore, does your dedicated partner or your multi-vendor partner, do they provide mobility solutions to fill the gap? Um, And and all these these elements uh, make people rethink, are we still on the right track here?
0: Yeah, you know, the same thing's happening in North America in terms of uh, single sources versus multi-sourcing. In today's environment, induced by the pandemic, the supply constraints that we have, Previously, there there was an advantage in sole sourcing. You can maximize your incentives. You had greater leverage with with the manufacturer that you're sourcing your vehicles from. But if that manufacturer can't meet your full needs, people want to look elsewhere. They want to look at other sourcing options available to them. So that's really causing a lot of um, companies on both sides of the Atlantic on reassessing the the pros and cons between multi-sourcing versus um, single sourcing.
1: With the full operational leasing uh, in Europe still being the predominant product that companies are using to, to, to lease their vehicles, the residual value risk, maintenance risk, tires risk, and so on, all of these operational components, financial risk is with the leasing company, and they have to establish what their risk appetite is, what their risk portfolio is, and so on, and how their parent companies are looking at that risk portfolio, et cetera. So... Um, the impact is rather huge you know if you have to deal with brands you have never talked to before you have not established a relationship with you don't know how they respond to operational issues to warranty or after warranty claims you don't understand you know how wide their dealership support will be uh, uh, you know, software support and so on uh, which is becoming more and more important in nowadays cars um, each of these areas could be increasing a difference in perception and increasing a difference in strategy between leasing companies and we already see it happening you know when the parent company says they want a more risk-averse approach to you know very new uh, undiscovered products uh then then that will hit you in residual values maintenance costs and tires but when companies are more embracing the whole new technology that's coming on board or or their parent company even tells them really we want you to invest in there because we are Thinking we are right, doing the right thing here, also for the environment, uh, that might even increase residual values and therefore lowering the cost of uh, of the companies that that deal with these providers. So, so we do see widening gaps. You know, in the past, when you we know, as as in the role that we are in, we do often tenders. We looked at you know very minor pricing differences because we were in such a mature marketplace. And although service-wise and IT-wise, we are still in a very mature marketplace, the new onboarding of products makes it rather immature price-wise. So so that's a really interesting aspect that has been developing over time.
0: This entry of new OEMs into the fleet market in both Europe and North America has introduced a whole new variable to fleet sourcing. And this variable involves many new OEMs who are entering the fleet market for the very first time. And this is causing
1: some of these changes. Would you agree with that observation? No, very, very much so. Yeah, and 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 of course, this is the 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 considerations that people are making. You know, are are not limited to just that debate. It it is also depending so much on the DNA of their own fleet, on their own policies, on the way they would like to move forward, uh, which which could trigger to recalibrate the partnerships that they are in, the, the manufacturers that they are talking to. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, do you have a big passenger car fleet or a big fan fleet, you know, even there, the differences are wide in product availability. Uh, The more established brands are really providing much quicker now, uh, for example, van electric vehicles, where within the passenger electric vehicle market, more unknown uh, brands are entering the marketplace. So that's a big difference. Uh, another difference could be your regional coverage, in which country are they operating, in which countries are new brands starting, or perhaps not. Uh, you know, even, you know, uh, looking at the the, the the whole branding of, of in certain markets, where, for example, Polestar never started in France because of a dispute they had with Citroën over branding and the brand sign that they're using. So, so, as a fleet manager in France, you could have said, I really want the Polestar product as an EV solution, but they could not provide it until recently.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: so all these areas now play a role in uh, your leasing company could provide you uh, with, with good consulting and, and support there, but it will vary from company to company how that support will interact with yourself.
0: True. And you know, a lot of these disruptive technologies are also you know, having a dis- uh, disruptive impact on sourcing strategies on the, on the parts of fleets. And it's really causing fleet managers to have to recalibrate their thinking more frequently than they might have in the past. What sort of timelines are, are we looking at as to uh, how long it's going to take to sort all this out?
1: Yeah, well, typically with with the, disrup- dis- if we can call this, let's say, disruptive uh, technologies or disruptive market entrances, you know, the, the, the curve is rather steep. So we expect a high influx now of, of new product, and new decision-making processes and new strategy rethinking. We, we do believe things will settle down again in four or five years from now, where then battery-operated electric vehicles will, will, will you know become the, the mainstream. Of course, we will then run into a new energy storage solutions that we have to have uh, because battery solutions will not be very sustainable for a long time. But it's like the intermittent uh, solution that we, that we currently have. Um, so yeah, within a five-year cycle, we see that uh, this all should settle down again, that there will be new, a new balance between product market, market understanding, and leasing companies uh, deal with all of that, that, the new situation, and also the new connected vehicle, which will in some cases, complicate the management that they can do of those vehicles, but in some areas might easily also make their the management of that fleet so much more easier, depending on what access they will get to what to what data. And I know they're all working very hard to establish their the right relationships to have access to that information.
0: But well, this is an, an evolving market and evolving um, strategies that uh, fleet managers are going to have to be implementing and addressing and developing along the way. But unfortunately, Hans, we've reached uh, our uh, time limit. I want to thank you again for this great discussion. And we'll pick up on this, I'm sure, in the coming months. Thank you very much. And thank you, everyone, for watching.
1: Thank you, Mike. We'll speak soon.